for that. And just want to say thankful to Jeff and those that helped because uh, it's a real blessing. And, you know, so grateful for that. Well, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. I want to read the first nine verses and pray and jump in the message on God's presence. When you find Joshua 1, I'm going to ask you to stand in his honor, our God, as I read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, here we are once again, God. Sometimes we doubt that your presence is always there. Sometimes, Lord... We miss it. Or I should say, we miss you. And I pray this morning, God, for the filling of your Holy Spirit. I pray for your anointing. That as I seek to speak, you would be heard. And that your Holy Spirit might go out. That as we seek to hear, you may be heard. I pray, Father, that we would be reminded about your presence. Father, I pray that uh, there would be a flow to this message that I would not ramble. I pray that there would be a fire, Lord, that speaks of a love for you, a passion. I pray, Father, that it would all be in faith to honor you, Lord, and that we might hear you and respond. And, Father, it's just that simple, Lord. Without you, we're doomed but with you we're victors thank you lord uh, just pray that you might speak in your name we ask these things amen we're in joshua one but actually as you come to the chapter just before that it's the last chapter in the book of deuteronomy and as you open the chapter of Deuteronomy 34, you see that Moses climbed Mount Nebo and he looked out across the land. It was the land that God had promised to him. But he said, Moses, you will not step there. 
But those faithful that were with you, they'll step there. Uh, but not you. And then as we read on about uh, this great man, verse 5, it says, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. You see, he, he was a man that, that was so respected. He, he, he was a man who had such influence and, and such power and such an obvious heart for the living God that he was almost bigger than life to the Hebrew people. I mean, his name was synonymous almost with God. Why? Because it, when they heard God, they heard Moses. Because he had been the spokesman of God for so many years. But it, it says here that he died. And we, you know, it's, it says about him it wasn't due to poor health. It says even though he was 120 years old when he died, his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. It was just time for him to leave. It was simply that time. Verse 9, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with a spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, this message is not about Moses, guys. It's about Joshua. But I say this to share that Moses was the guy who was well-known. He was the guy who was well-loved. He was the guy, when you heard him speak, he thought, God. Now, who was Joshua? Look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 1 of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. You see... It was Moses who soared high. It, it was Moses who was the celebrity. It was Moses who the people looked at and said, There's God! But, but who was this Joshua? He was the aide. Man, he, he was the helper. As the song says, He was the wind beneath my wings. He, 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 he was the guy that did not draw attention to himself. And for at least 40 years, He was the sidekick of Moses, but He didn't kick him in the side. There is no mention here that he was jealous. Guys, there, there is no mention here that he was ambitious to be put on that pedestal, to be looked at and, and to get that attention that seemed to head toward Moses. There's none of that description of him. He is simply called the aid Moses. He's that quiet helper. He's the one who stood by Moses in the, in the blessings and in the tough times. You see, he, he, was, he was there to carry out the orders that came from the Lord and then went to Moses. And, and, and then when Moses went up to the mountain of God and he received the commandments of God, Joshua was there. When he came down from that mountain and there was the golden calf and there was all the chaos, 
Joshua was there. When it was time to enter the land, when the spies were sent off, and, and there was all this fear and, and all this worry about can we, can we do it? Can we really conquer the giants and this enemy? He was there. He was one of the spies. He was one of the representatives. And he stayed by the side of Moses and was faithful to God. But guys, he wasn't there to get the attention. He was there faithful. There's not many people that are faithful to a job for 40 years. And especially not to a job where they're not noticed. Now, when I say he wasn't noticed, I don't mean he wasn't appreciated. <laughs> but now is a tough time for this guy, Joshua. You see, this person that he had walked with for so many years, this person that he, he loved, and quite frankly, when you've been with somebody that long, it's hard to remember what it was like before. Listen to this quote from A.W. Tozer in his book, God's Pursuit of Man. We cannot think rightly of God until we begin to think of Him as always being there and there first. Joshua had this to learn. He had been so long the servant of God's servant Moses and had with such assurance received God's word at his mouth that Moses and the God of Moses had become blended in his thinking. So blended, he could hardly separate the two thoughts. By association, they always appeared together in his mind. Now Moses is dead, and lest the young Joshua be struck down with despair, God spoke to assure him, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Moses was dead, but the God of Moses still lived. Nothing had changed and nothing had been lost. L listen to this last sentence. Nothing of God dies when the man of God dies. God is bigger than any of us. God will go on when we no longer stand in a place where we serve. God is not dependent upon me. But He's not dependent on you either. He is God. Now, here's Joshua. I mean, I, I think it had come to the point to where to hear God's voice was to hear Moses. There was such a deep respect and such a deep love, but now he was gone. Now he wasn't there. Notice back in Deuteronomy 34, um, Again, verse 8, it says, The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. There was 30 days of, of grief. Just, I mean, uncontrolled tears. and like, How can we go on without Moses? How can we go forward without him? He's always been there, God, as long as I can remember. How can I do this, Lord? I think it's no wonder it says here they didn't even know where God chose to bury him. Because if they did, people would be putting monuments up there. People would be worshiping the grave instead of the one who's alive. God had a purpose. That's how respected this man was. But now the job has to go to somebody, right? And it goes to Joshua. Man, he's about to enter a land of giants and he felt like a midget. Now, I love... Uh, the Council of Warren Wearsby said, you know, when you feel like a midget in a land of giants, what you need as a leader is not advice. What you need is encouragement. Andrew Jackson rightly said, one man plus courage 
is a majority. And what gives you courage? Encouragement. It's the infusion of courage. Um, I hate it when I get sermon examples I don't want. I got one this week that fits into this message. Uh, I guess I'm getting to the age where it's harder for me to find people I really totally connect to and consider to be mentors that I fully trust and talk to. And one of those dear people I discovered died. Uh, his name's Bob Boggs. I don't know, for a long time I've thought of Bob uh, as a mentor, a dear friend who I deeply love. And uh, I call him every once in a while. You know, sometimes you just want somebody totally objective. As they say, doesn't have a dog in the fight. You know, they, they, they don't know where you are, so they're not going to give, you know, some clouded perception. And I just talked to him. And it had been a while. Well, I called on Monday. Didn't get an answer. And then I was in a situation where I just, you know, couldn't get to my phone. And I noticed he called back three or four times. And so finally I got a minute and I said, I need to call. But before I could call, here comes a call from Bob Boggs. But it wasn't Bob, it was his wife, Barbara. And she said, oh, Todd, I wish I didn't have to tell you this. Bob is dead. And I was just like, what? You know, in my mind. And, and, and she, you know, she spent the next 30 minutes, and I, I won't spend the whole time giving you every detail, but the simple fact of the matter is she, uh, she said, you know, he, I know he, he loved you, and you, lo you know, you loved him. And I wanted you to know, but I didn't know how to call you. He basically had been sick, and she went to call an ambulance, and when she came back, he was laying on the floor dead. And of course, I thought about his, you know, her pain. And then, I'll be honest with you, I had a little pity party and cried myself for a while. Because I felt like I'd lost a treasure. And I got to thinking about Bob. I thought, what was it about Bob that made me always want to call him? Was it the incredible advice? Be honest with you, he didn't give me a whole lot of advice. Although he probably had a lot more than I knew. At 82, he'd been through some stuff as a pastor. But here's what I remember about Pop Box. I would call and I'd lay out my heart. He'd say a word or two. Sometimes he'd just kind of lighten it up because I was emotional. Other times, uh, he'd say, well, I don't know, Todd, but maybe this. But he'd always come back and he'd say, you know, Todd, uh, your kids are really blessed to have a dad like you that loves them, that cares about them, that's willing to sacrifice that church is really blessed to have a pastor like you, Todd. Because I know you. I know your heart. I know you love the Lord, and I know you love them. 
Do you see what he was doing? He was doing what God was doing to Joshua. Joshua needed encouragement. He was about to face this task more than advice. He needed to know he was loved. He needed to know that somehow, Joshua, I will get you through this. Maybe you don't get a, a detailed description of how I intend to get you through this, but I will get you through this. And I thought about that, because Bob would do that all the time. And of course, I'd be going, yeah, right, yeah, right, right, Bob, yeah. Boy, was that good. I needed it. And so do you. Don't we all? Sometimes we just get, we sit and we say, God, how am I going to get through this? But you have. God got you through it, didn't He? There is that encouragement, guys, that is so critical. You see, transition is not easy. Um, I read about a missionary couple whose six-month-old baby died while they served in Pakistan. Totally broken. A dear friend there came to them and said, tough situations are like boiling water. You get thrown in and you can become hard-boiled like a hard-boiled egg or you can become like a potato, soft and pliable. They said, you don't know how many days I prayed God make me a potato. To be soft and pliable in the hands of God. To, to hear God's voice. To be aware of His, His presence. Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know, I think my favorite president as I study about him. He was an unusual character, guys. And do you know his presidential candidate was made up of his enemies? Can you imagine that today? We've got politicians today who won't even talk to people who don't uh, agree with them or stand around them. If they do talk to them, it's certainly not for advice to help them. <laughs> that was Lincoln. Though. Lincoln said, man, I, I, it's not that you hate me, it's that you're smart. And I need you. The United States needs you. And so he put them on the cabinet. But he made this comment one of his deepest, darkest times where he said, well, I guess I've come to the place where I'm public property. That was Joshua. Joshua had been in the he'd been in the shadow of this great man, but it was time for a change. He he was going to be elevated and he never asked for it. He was getting an advancement that he never prayed to receive. And thus there was a commission. He felt weak. He felt like the midget in the land of giants and, and he needed God's presence and his help. You see, because although Moses was gone, and I want you to notice something here as we come into verse uh, 1, uh, what God says to him. I mean, it seems so obvious. Verse 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Well, you've just grieved for 30 days. I think Joshua knows he's dead. But what's he saying to him? Yeah, he's really gone. You see, Moses was still there in the memory. Um, just like 
sometimes when you pull out an article of clothing of someone you miss that you love and you catch the fragrance of maybe a perfume or a cologne that they just always wear it reminds you of that person well the scent of Moses remained and God was saying to Joshua son I know you're hurt but it's time to get on with it you can't sit here for the rest of your days it's time to move forward get on with it son there's ruts throughout life it says that one place where you enter into the state of Alaska, there's a sign that says, uh, choose your rut carefully because you'll be in it for the next 200 miles. And it, it, sometimes we find ourselves in, in those ruts. And, and, and Joshua was in a place where the job was much bigger than he felt. And he needed that encouragement. He, he, needed, he needed stability. And, and I, want you, I want to look at those promises that God gives to him real quickly. Uh, Starting at verse, well, in verse 2, he says, get ready to cross over. Now, here's the promises. Verse 3, he says, I'll give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. And then in verse 4, man, he gives him a map of the, here's the areas that you'll receive. It's amazing stuff. God says to him, you're going to, be, you're going to win. And, and, and how many times did he need this encouragement when I'm sure he just wanted to quit, throw in the towel and, he thought, hey, I stepped here. This is my, this is God's victory. I stepped here. God says, hey, I will give you that land. I'll be with you. Uh, secondly, notice, he says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. No enemy. No giant. God said, listen, son, no giant's bigger than me. I'm bigger. That's God's words to him. Um, or, or as one commentator said, hey man, no worry with the Jebusites, the Ammonites, termites, or any parasites. God's the victor. Hey man, that's the word. And, and then the last promise here that's so beautiful, look in verse 5. And of course, ultimately, this is so key. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, it'd be so easy for Joshua to say, God, I'm nothing but an errand boy. For 40 years, I just ran around from Moses. I'm the servant of Moses, not the servant of God. So what did God say to him? As I was with Moses, I am with you. Man, what a promise. You can do this job, Joshua, because you're not alone. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. I'm there, buddy. I'm with you. Don't despair. Man, what a promise. Um, uh, I read one story about a guy that said, uh, his name was Ron. And uh, he had this dog that would often, he'd feed him, and the dog would take his food and bury it instead of eating it. Occasionally, a couple of times, he even took the dog bowl with the food in it and buried it. Now, what was the deal? The, the deal was he's worried about, uh, well, I have something to eat. So he went and buried the food to make sure he could save it when he wanted it. How often do we worry about what we have and try to hoard it not realizing that our master will take care of us tomorrow. 
Why? Because he says, I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. As we, you know, we look at all these great promises. Does he just sit back and say, all right, yeah, God does all this. Let me sit back and just soak it in. Uh-uh. He goes forward. He, he obeys God. He moves ahead. Matter of fact, four times here, we say a command here, be strong and courageous. Look at verse 6, be strong and courageous. Because I'm going to use you. Uh, verse 7, be strong and courageous. Verse 9, <laughs> be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a command. And you know what's really cool? I love this. I want you to look at the very end of the chapter here. Because <laughs> I, I think it's uh, worthwhile. Uh, in I'll start at verse uh, 16. The people are talking to Joshua. He says, whatever you command us, we'll do. And wherever you send us, we'll go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we'll obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. That's all they wanted to know. We just want to make sure God's walking with you. Or, or more important, you're walking with God. He says, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words... Whatever you command them, be put to death. But look what they say. Only be strong and courageous. Man, I love this. Not only does God speak to Joshua and say be strong and courageous, but He does such a powerful work in His life and speaks so clearly to Joshua that the people see it and they can't deny it and they look at Him and say, don't forget what God said to you. We're there with you, buddy. We're supporting you. Be strong and courageous. Man. See, that's a church call. We look at each other, I say to you, be strong and courageous. I want to be in your corner. More important, remember, God's in our corner. See, that, that's what's going on, and, and that's so critical as He speaks. All right, I need to move on here, don't I? Okay, Joshua 1.8, what a great promise. And, and I want to just take a moment and, and, and move through this. Uh, great verse to memorize. Uh, importance in remembering God's presence, walking in that presence. He starts out here, he says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Now, you know, you, you look at that, and it seems like the, the first thing you would say is, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mind. He doesn't say that, does he? Or your thoughts. He says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. The word literally means to mutter. You kind of talk to yourself, you know, you know, like a, I could say, a, you know, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, really let us down. You both lost, and it really hurts. Mutter, 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 mutter. Or I could say, way to go, John Battle, beaten since 1991, but now the giant has fallen. I guess I had to move from mutter, didn't I? Now I'll go on. I know none of you all care, but I cared. Yesterday, Duke had lost 12 straight times to Wake Forest, and they won! It's okay. That wasn't a mutter either, I understand. But this losing stuff for the birds. Mutter. What's the word say here? It means as you read the Word of God, you don't just read it and, and leave it alone and don't think about it, but it becomes such a part of your heart that, that you kind of mutter. You're talking to God, and you're talking back to yourself. He, he will not leave me or forsake me. 
He loves me. He is with me. You see, that's what you're to do through the day. That's what he's talking about here. That the Word of God is, is personalized. It's, it's part of your walk. It's God's presence. You see what I'm getting? It's God's presence working. Guys, you don't learn God's Word. You don't memorize it just so you can show off your Bible knowledge. Well, look how many verses I know. That's not the purpose. And the purpose is not so you can be the office mutterer. My guy's a nut. i got to get close enough to hear what he's muttering. Now, that's not the purpose. The purpose is so that you're walking with God and hear His Word, and His Word becomes a part of you, and you're, you're letting it move through your mind and move through your heart and shape you and, and work in you, that God's presence is, is fully alive and, and, and clearly at work, guys, where, where it's essential. You see, human opinion is a wasteland. But the Word of God is lasting truth. It is a foundation that cannot be shaken. Part of the problem with our culture, well, the main problem with our culture is we don't care about hearing the voice of God. We're just stuck on a bunch of people's opinions. Listen, I don't want to bend everybody on purpose or anybody on purpose, but my opinion, so what? God's truth? Serious business. There's where we need to mutter. All right, as I close this message, <laughs> a couple things I want you to think about. Not once does God ask Joshua, Joshua, how do you feel about this? <laughs> uh, secondly, not once does he ask Joshua, Joshua, do you have any issues or major troubles that need to be voiced? Why does God not do this? He says, time to move on. My presence is with you. Now, uh, I'm uh, at the end of the message, but I hope I'm not at the end of God's working in our lives uh, through the message. Where are you? What are you facing? Do you feel deserted? Do you feel abandoned? You're not. That's the message I want to leave with you. Christ is with you if you've trusted Him. He dwells in you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. My presence is forever there. Uh, so... What's God want of you? Well, I pray the Holy Spirit will show you. As we have a time of invitation, maybe the altar's open, maybe it's time to pray. Maybe you need to come and share with the people of God something deep upon your heart. My heart's very simple. I simply want us to know He's with us, that His presence is working through us. And maybe there's someone here and you just need to trust Jesus. You have not given your heart to Christ and found new life. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new's come. But you've got to be in Christ. And if you're not, why not now? Why not just pray and say, God, enter my life and forgive me that your presence may be oh so real. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your word.
God, we hear so many opinions. But I'm so grateful your word's not an opinion, Lord. It's your heart. Lord, what do you want to do today? I just want to get out of the way and let you do it. What have you said? What are you saying? What will I do about it? That's the question may we ask. Uh, Lord, we call this response, we call this invitation. But only the Holy Spirit can draw. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. Just work on me. In your name we pray. Amen.